creating cultural awareness and understanding. This is Culture Click. Culture Click is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. He came to us through our radios like a fond memory of yesteryear with music and laughter and an insight into Minnesota life that only a true Minnesotan would understand. Today on Culture Click, we hear from Garrison Keeler, author and creator of A Prairie Home Companion, The Writer's Almanac, and more. Now, Garrison is bringing his new show, An Evening with Garrison Keeler, right here to Winona. At the end of today's show, listen for your chance to win a pair of tickets to see An Evening with Garrison Keeler, Friday, October 18th at the St. Cecilia Theater here in Winona. I'm Bill Stoneberg with Garrison Keeler on Culture Click. Well, it's a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, honestly, it feels a little surreal that I'm speaking to the man who created the magical place that I read about as a kid in Lake Wobegon days um, and the voice that I've heard on Prairie Home Companion so many times. Uh, welcome to the show, Garrison. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you so much. I used to do morning radio myself. I miss it. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and I've got some questions for you about that too, about radio in general. Just you know, radio got a radio guy. But uh, before we get into that, I just kind of want to talk about the show. Um, you have a new live show titled "An Evening with Garrison Keeler." Uh, you're bringing it to Winona on Friday, October 18th, so that'll be a week from tomorrow, um, and it's going to be at the Saint Cecilia Theater. So, what can we expect in this new show? Well, I'd like to do a, a, an odd improvised. Uh, combination of stand-up comedy and some stories and um, and and poetry. I memorized poetry when I was a kid. I loved memorizing Shakespeare and Wordsworth. And I like to toss out poems that just seem like the most natural thing and sing some of the maudlin ballads that my grandmother sang me to sleep with. And... Oh, cool. um, and and talk about this, that, and the other thing. I uh, I am seventy seven, and so my life has covered a lot of distance from my uncle Jim's farm and his horses Prince and Ned uh, pulling the hay rack. Mm-hmm. You know, on up to on up to the present. I um, started in radio when we played music on large black vinyl discs and now we've we've moved on i'm talking to you on a cell phone which we didn't have back then so that when you went out walking uh you were all alone nobody would interrupt you i uh i just um like to stand up and talk about these things and in the course of it i like to stand up in front of the audience and hum a note, and then I start singing My Country Tis of Dream. And the whole crowd joins in. It's a song that they all know. They know the words. And um, maybe we go on to the Swing Low Sweet Chariot. Maybe we go on to Frankie and Johnny or Shenandoah. All of these songs that people roughly my age learned in grade school. Right. This will not be true 20 years from now. You won't be able to stand up in front of a a crowd of Americans and expect them to sing. And even now, you see teenagers in the audience 
uh, Google it on their cell phones, <laughs> they don't know the words. Right. To my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Oh, He's wow. trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. They don't know those words. So I like to I like to do that. It's something that an audience never gets a chance to do. Mm-hmm. Um, to sing a cappella words that they know by heart, and um, and it's fun. I just uh, I, I enjoy going out and amusing small groups of people. <laughs> great, great, and and I think it's important too. I think that's really cool that you you know you're kind of keeping that thing alive. That whole. Uh, where the audience participates and knows the words and everyone sings along, you know, it's, it feels to me my, like more of those, uh, you know, like family gatherings in the park that I remember as a kid and things like that, you know, where you mm-hmm. know, Uncle Jim or whoever would bring out a guitar and someone would start singing or someone would play the piano, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to keep that stuff alive. I think that's really cool. Um, and also, I was wondering, you know, you have uh, uh, Richard Dwarski. Richard Dorsey is my old uh, music director. Yeah. So going back uh, 30 years on A Prairie Home Companion, yes. Yeah, and he's with you. I mean, you know, I was kind of wondering when I read that, uh, what is it like working with someone so long? Like, do you guys even need to rehearse, or do you just kind of go up there and it just happens? No, we don't uh, rehearse. I like the look on um, Rich's face when I do something he's not expecting me to do. Mm-hmm. And um, so I like to toss things in, and um, you know, we're singing one song, and I like to slip into something else. Uh, you know, we're we're singing uh, we're singing uh, "Abide with Me, Fast Falls the Eventide," and I toss in John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, and <laughs> um, just to you know, and he and he catches he catches up. He's uh, He's a bright guy. He studied classical piano, okay. and um, and then he got into um, uh, rhythm and blues and rock and roll. You know, when he was young, and uh, and then he uh, then he accommodated himself to a prairie home companion, where everything changed every every ten minutes, mm-hmm. and uh, you went directly from. Uh, great balls of fire to how great thou art, and uh, he's uh, he's he's a, you know when he when he decides he's had enough, then I'm all done. So. <laughs> Well, it sounds like a blast. I love that, you know, throwing each other curveballs and stuff and just flowing with it. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, are there any, like, kind of curveballs that you might throw the audience, like stuff that we might not expect or, like, new things to include or anything like that in this show? Well, I I, I might touch on, uh, you know, a little personal history. I am happy to um, tell about... Um, a theft that I pulled when I was five years old living in South Minneapolis and stole money to ride a streetcar to downtown. You know, right. I've, I've, I've had a, a, a simple and compact life, but with a certain number of, of surprises in it. And the one thing that I, that I really need to talk about is 
how I look back 70 years and I see these teachers and I see my aunts. I was brought up by women and um, I look back and see these aunts and I see this teacher and that teacher and Mrs. Shaver and Lavona Pearson uh, and, and, and I can see now at this distance how they what they what they gave me that I didn't appreciate at the time. Um, nobody is a is a self invented uh, person. We 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 owe these enormous debts to to people, and we never had the chance to thank them. And so and so I I, I like to tell stories on along these lines. I love that. I love that. And, you know, I mean, to me anyway, you know, your work and stuff throughout your life, it seems like it is, at least for me, you know, experiencing it, you know, reading or listening, it causes me to reflect, you know, reflect on my own life, my own experiences and memories and things like that. And uh, it's funny that you, you kind of talked about that because I had a conversation with that here at work the other day with someone that it seems like people don't take the time to reflect so much anymore, you know? And uh, I think that's just such a wonderful thing about the work that you do is, it, like I said, at least for me personally anyway, it makes it causes me to reflect on those things, you know, and experiences in the past and family and place and things like that. Um, so was that kind of like the inspiration for this show is like that sort of reflection or where did the inspiration for it come from? Well, I think that, I think that if you led a long, interesting life and, and, um, and, and a happy life for the most part, uh, you know, you sort of have an obligation to, to, to talk about it. I have an obligation to uh, my children, and for them I'm writing a long story of my life, and anybody else who might be interested my cousins, I have an obligation to to share with them my memories of our aunts and uncles and our grandmother, who was an amazing, uh, amazing woman, farm woman, but but so had powerful opinions, and um, and I still live with, with 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 her, even though she's been gone these many years. You have an obligation to 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 tell your, your story. I have no interest in, um, you know, in bemoaning or complaining. I have no mm -hmm. right to. Uh, but, but the rest of it, I think, uh, it, it, it's, it's necessary. It is a sort of reflection. I, I ride the bus in Minneapolis, and around me are all of these people with little plugs in their ears, and they're tuned into music or something that you know, radio. Who who knows? Mm -hmm. And I I don't understand this. Um, why one needs to have constant um, uh, audio input <laughs> during these <laughs> right. Times when you could be just thinking, just looking around and listening and and observing observing the world. 
Right, right. I don't, I just, I don't understand the, the earplugs. I just don't get it. Neither do I. I. I never have, in fact. I mean, you know, because, like you said, it, there's so much in the world just to experience and, you know, just to hear the sounds of just the world itself, even if it's not nature, even if it's just cars going by or people chatting in the park or whatever, you know, I, I really like mm-hmm. that. And I like that you said that it's kind of necessary, that you're obligated, you know. I mean, we think about history as like something you learn in a book or something, but it's all around us with everyone who is who has come before, you know, our parents and grandparents and everything. And uh, mm-hmm. I always I always valued that when my grandma would tell stories and things, you know, I mean. So I, I just think this is a fast, fantastic thing that you're bringing this show to town here for us. Um, and I, you know, another thing that I, I read, I heard that you did a sim, some similar shows, uh, I believe, last February, and there was a week-long blizzard, which, um, you know, I'm sure, you, I mean, you're from Minnesota, so you're kind of, you understand the weather here. But did that cause any problems for the show? I mean, it sounds like that was quite an adventure. I mean, what was what was that like? No, just fine. There's not a not a problem. People okay. um, people go where they need to go. They're not going to be held up by by weather. I mean, it, it's an excuse. It's a good excuse, you know. If sure. you if you want to stay home, but um, but if you don't, it it works perfectly perfectly well. Right. In fact, I've even already forgotten about it, so I don't even oh, wow. know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> there was a little blurb I read on your website, and I thought, well, that's kind of interesting, and it fits with Minnesota, uh-huh. but yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, well, good. Then no problems then. I love it. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, and then you've got you've got podcasts that you do. Uh, you've organized a Prairie Home Companion cruise, it sounds like, that's going on. Uh, uh, set sailing this spring. Uh, it seems like you're always busy creating something. Um, are there other things in the works right now that we might expect in the future beyond this show? Or I'm working on a musical uh, called Dusty and Lefty. It's about two cowboys and uh, heading for the town of Yellow Gulch and uh, and uh, looking for Lefty's old girlfriend Evelyn Bebelow, whom he has not seen. In six months, and uh, and they find her in 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 the town. Two cowboys ride into town, and and here she is, his his old girlfriend, and she's holding a little bundle in her arms, and it's a little girl. It's a it's it's a, a three month old infant girl. And suddenly Lefty, who's looking for love, discovers that he's become a father. He wasn't expecting that. <laughs> and um, I think that's a it's, a, it's a really original idea for a musical. And usually musicals are about, you know, looking, looking for the loved one or, mm-hmm. or you know, looking for happiness. Right. And um, and he and he finds everything there at one time. He finds the woman he loves, and he also finds this beautiful complication. Right. And and she hands the infant to him, and he and he sings her a song about his own confusion and. Uh, Wonder. I like. I like it. I'm. I'm uh, working on it. I have no idea 
you know, what will happen to it or to the Lake Wobegon movie that I'm that I'm writing. Uh, it all takes place on one day, Flag Day, and uh, and uh, I have no idea what will happen to them, which is a wonderful thing about being 77, <laughs> is that your ambition has burnt off. You, you have, you, I have no ambition left, but I still love to work. I still love to write. And, uh, but, but what becomes of it, you know, uh, whether it is, quote, successful or not, um, doesn't really matter to me anymore. And, uh, and so I just, I just like to, to be doing what I, what I, what I love to do. And so to me, playing Winona, Minnesota, is no different from playing Hollywood Bowl or or playing Carnegie Hall. It's it's the same. It's the same thing. Um, you know, your your career comes to an end and your work goes on. Mm-hmm. I I really love that about 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 uh, being being this age. That is a fantastic attitude. I love that. You know, and. Uh, you know, especially about, you know, the work goes on, you know, even after the ambition is gone or whatever. I mean, like you said, it's something you love. And I think that's the great thing about doing anything that's creative is you just, you do it because you do it, right? Mm-hmm. I have friends um, uh, who are in the sciences, uh, botany, uh, biology, physics, mm-hmm. chemistry. Um, and my my friends who are in the sciences retain this love of the subject. Uh, my friend Litton, the botanist, is 76, and he loves teaching more than ever. Oh, wow. This is not true, I think, in the humanities, but it is true in the sciences. Mm-hmm. People keep working at it because it is so inherently fascinating. Litton loves to take take high school kids out on field trips and point out interesting trees and plants. I mean, to me, this is, this is, so, this is so incredibly wonderful. Um, and, and, and there's no weariness on his part. I feel exactly the same way. Nice. And I, and I, think, uh, I think people are excited, and especially here in Winona, that, that you continue doing what you do, you know, because you love it, because we love it too. Um, but, you know, and I was wondering about this, you know, you, you stay so busy um, creating things. What do you do in your downtime, you know, to relax and just kind of reflect, like we were talking about before? What, you know, what do, what do you do for downtime? I'm married well. I, it okay. took me a while to, to <laughs> find her, and um, and I had, you know, a couple of mismatches. But I married well. We've been married for 25 years. Nice. And, um, and she is a woman of great enthusiasms that are beyond mine. She loves... Uh, opera. She loves classical music. She's a violinist. Uh, she loves museums. She's a walker, and and she's a and she's a woman who never lacks for 
something to say. So, so sitting and conversing with my wife is what I love to what I love to do. We uh, go for walks around Minneapolis, and we sit and we have coffee, and we uh, walk around the Walker Art Center. Uh, it's kind of a boring gallery, but she likes it, and uh, and uh, and we. And, and we talk. We talk about uh, how we met. We, uh, we uh, were born in the same big white house on Ferry Street in Anoka, Minnesota. Oh, wow. Um, she is 15 years younger than I, and um, she, we were both born in Dr. Mark's maternity hospital. Oh. But then she went off to New York and became a freelancer, and... Uh, I stayed in St. Paul, and we and we met because her older sister was my younger sister's classmate, oh. and this is how you meet the love of your life. So <laughs> be good to your younger sister; you may meet somebody. Right, right. Well, that's good advice, anyway. But yeah, yeah, I like that. That's a beautiful thing to have a relationship like that. You know, that's so yeah. fulfilling. Um, and then, you know, like I said before, I, I do have a radio question for, you know, from one radio guy to another. Um, I'm curious about your take on this because I kind of see you as like a master in this realm, you know, of the radio show. But what do you think it is about the format of like a live radio show that's so appealing to people? Because I just, you know, I love it and I know so many other people who do as well, you know, and it's kind of something, it feels like something of the past, yet it's still so appealing to people. Why do you think that is? It's happening now, and and it is uh, unrehearsed, and it is unedited, and you get to hear the awkward parts mm. along with the better the better parts. Yeah. People 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 respond to this. I did a live show uh, forty years Saturday five o'clock Central Time. It was a two hour show, and it was in a theater. In front of a, in front of an audience, mm -hmm. and this audience, this audience was the whole secret of doing that show. I couldn't have done it in a studio. That audience let you know what was good and what was not so good that you were doing, and they were the real directors, and they guided you through the the way that you should. The way that you should go, I would have. I, I, that show wouldn't have lasted uh, two years without that. Without that audience, we mm -hmm. did a show once in Lanesboro, live on a Saturday, five o'clock, just as the sky was turning black, and um, and rain started to pour down. People sat there under the rainwear, and I walked out into the crowd. And I hummed the note and sang my country tis of thee, and they all sang with me. And it, it was, it's a show I remember still 20 years later uh, as one of the, just one of the greatest shows I ever did. And it was all about Lanesboro, it was the Rhubarb Festival, and there was uh, an 18-year-old girl from Lanesboro, Yvonne Priest was her name, and she sang a opera aria in Italian and she just absolutely killed. I mean it was 
she she rose to the occasion, and and the crowd loved her, and and uh, five million people around the country got a little look at Lanesboro, Minnesota, and um, I, I I'm just grateful for the chance to have for the chance to have um, have done that. I don't think anybody will have that chance ever again. Um, because radio has gone in an entirely different direction mm-hmm. and towards streaming and so on. Right. And, um, you know, people with little plugs in their ears. <laughs> 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 right. And um, so I'm an antique. I'm a museum piece. And um, I'm grateful for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and I hope I hope that as technology advances and the way people use it advance, um, I hope that storytelling doesn't get lost in that. I hope that that continues, you know. I really do. And uh, and speaking of which, I just want to mention, uh, earlier you were talking about the musical that you're working on with the two cowboys. Um, mm-hmm. I, I could sit and listen to you talk about that. I, I was, like, kind of sitting here like, oh, wow. Um, yeah, I could just listen to you tell that story. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty neat to me. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, and I love the the whole thing with the radio, um, the audience. You know, I it, it's cool to hear you say that because I really believe that 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 uh, there's there's a magic that happens when there's an audience involved. I think you know, and people can hear that. I think so. Cool. I was a very lucky man. Every time I come into uh, Minneapolis St. Paul Airport and I go out to the taxi stand. And I get into a cab, and most of the drivers are Ethiopian or Somali. Mm-hmm. And I sit in the back seat, and they and they ask me where I'm going, and I give them my address. And just the fact of hearing me give my address, <laughs> they turn and they say, "Weren't you on the radio?" Oh, and I say, "Yes." They said. We listened to that show when we came to this country. We learned English from listening to your radio show oh. because you spoke clearly and you, <laughs> you talked <laughs> slow. And you were talking about farmers and animals and um, things that we knew. And um, we learned. So you go into a line of work for your own amusement and you wind up teaching English as a second language. It, um, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a miracle. I, uh, I love it every time I, every time I meet them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a beautiful thing. How sometimes the, the stuff you do can connect in with people, uh, in ways that you never imagined. That is great. You taught yeah, people English. Far beyond anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. it. I love it. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time here. Um, but again, Garrison, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, to us, you're a true uh, Minnesota treasure, and we're really looking forward to seeing your show uh, here next week So, uh, and having you as a guest in our town. So I hope you enjoy it as well. Um, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Yes, you too. Thanks again to Garrison Keeler for joining us today on Culture Click. For more information on Garrison and his new show, go to garrisonkeeler.com. For your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Garrison's new show, An Evening with Garrison Keeler, next Friday, October 18th at the St. Cecilia Theater, just give us a call at 457-2222. 
That's 457-2222 for your chance to win. I'm Bill Stoneberg, and we've just heard from Garrison Keeler on Culture Click. Creating cultural awareness and understanding. You've been listening to Culture Click. Support for Culture Click is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Culture Click is produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. For more information, look us up on the web at kqal.org. And thanks for listening to Culture Click. Call 457-2222 right now for your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Garrison Keeler and Winona Friday, October 18th. Call us now at 457-2222 for your chance to win.